1: Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast. My name is Bex and we have got loads of amazing stuff on the way for you this week including a little roundup of some of the best books out there, a brilliant reading from a brand new story for you and a chat with one of my favourite authors, Danny Wallace. So lots and lots of stuff on the go in today's episode and I think we really do need to check in with Danny Wallace first to find out about his brand new book, The Luckiest Kid in the World. I am joined right now by Danny Wallace. I feel like I don't even need to introduce you, Danny. You're like my BFF, we're all good.
2: <laughs> exactly. Why even introduce me? Just, just don't even, let's not mention me, anything I do, I'll just start talking. We'll just
1: have a lovely chat and people can pick up while you're here as we go along, I guess. Exactly. think I've interviewed you more times than anybody else on Fun Kids, and I'm thrilled <laughs> that I can give you that honour in general. Um, and it's because oh, you, you keep writing really good books, Danny, that's the thing.
2: Well, I do try um, and, uh, I'm pleased, you know, I love fun kids. I've been listening for, for, for many years now, probably more years than I'd listened to almost any other station. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a thrill to be on it again.
1: Oh, well, I'm so glad you're back and you've, uh, kind of created and put into the world, uh, the luckiest kid in the world, which is a really funny new book. Um, and it stars Joe, who I was going to call average Joe, but that seems a bit cruel to him really, because that's not who he is.
2: Well, exactly. And yet it is in a weird way. Joe is an average 10-year-old boy and nothing is wrong with that whatsoever until he wins a competition. And he did not enter this competition. He did not want to enter this competition. He'd never heard of this competition, but he wins it. And he is named the most average child in Britain, and he doesn't really know how to think about that, uh, you know, at the start. But he gets a nice medal and some attention, and it's something to kind of tell people about. It's quite, it's quite nice, and um, and then he starts to get kind of the spoils, um, which means you know um, he, he starts to get things delivered to his house, free toys and maybe the odd hamburger and a video games truck turns up. And all these people just want to know what the average kid makes of their stuff. Is our toy good enough? What do you think of this new water park? Would you like to come to this massive, amazing restaurant and just eat as many incredible hamburgers and hot dogs and pizzas and chicken nuggets as you can possibly fit in your average tummy? And if so, just tell us what you think. Because suddenly he finds himself having to sort of give advice because he is the average kid. So everyone wants his opinion on everything. And that starts to get a bit annoying for poor Joe. Um, You know, he he gets a bit self-important maybe because he starts to realise that his advice kind of really matters to everybody. But then he starts to think, is anyone really average? We've all got strange little things about us. We've all got weird little quirks. We've all got something very special about us. And he starts to worry that maybe that's getting lost um, along the way, somewhere,
1: as you mentioned, that he does, he does get a little bit self-important, a bit pompous. Because how could you not, if you're being told? How could you not? Your opinion is the most important of all of the opinions. You're like, well, bring it on, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I would fall into that trap as well, wouldn't you? Surely. Oh,
2: of course. And there is that. There's a, a strange thing because the more he's told that he is the most average kid in in the country, the more special he becomes because he is the most average, which makes him kind of like special which makes him less average so he gets very sort of confused by it and really it has a kind of an effect on the family you know um it has an effect on his friendships um because he's getting all this stuff and and maybe they're not and he starts to kind of think about his old life and 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 what really is important to him um because you know you don't want every single High Street to be the same. You want high streets in town to be quirky and weird and to have something special about them. And so if everything's always just the same and just kind of just just the most average, um, if every burger tastes the same, if every meal is the same, if every kid gets the same thing for Christmas, um, well, maybe that's not the right way to do things at all.
1: I won't lie. When I was reading it, a part of me was like. I would love to be able to taste test burgers and chicken nuggets oh, and yeah. hot dogs.
2: Well, that's sign the, me up. That's the glory of how it begins, isn't it? It's just like this incredible experience that he that he kind of goes through, with you know, getting all these like the, the companies to kind of going, "Would you test out our new phone for us?" Yes, please. Can we? The dream. Can we put a video games van outside your house and you tell us what you think of these games? You won't have to go to school because this is important stuff. Well, all right then um so he has he he lives the dream for a while
1: and also as a kid I know I, I personally didn't want to be normal and average I wanted to be interesting and of course I was normal and average and I remember entering into the competition to get Mr Blobby to come to my school just because I was like but that'll put me on the map that'll make me different that'll make me exciting um so I can see what Joe's going through like it's pretty cool to be to be different and to be special and to be told by grown-ups as well that you're important
2: yeah and the thing is like everyone is right that's the thing even though you didn't manage to get mr blobby to come to your school you (gasps) were still you were still Bex, you know and here you are now (laughs) doing your incredible stuff um so i don't don't
1: need mr blobby he he needs me now
2: exactly so we've all got these things and uh, you know none of our Parents are are average. Everyone's, everyone's mum does something you know unusual and weird that makes her special. Everyone's dad has got something odd about him. I said, well, I say odd. I mean, you know, special. I shouldn't say odd. Um, So we all have these unique kind of um, things about us, and um, I think that's what Joe starts to discover.
1: You're also you're really good at writing like family dynamics from this book and the last book and all the books previously. You always create lovely families that have in jokes and kind of have those kind of um and also just the way they react to the people around them, like the street funniness and the street jokes as well like you you clearly love like writing those families.
2: yes, I like um I, I do. I've got a lovely family and I do look out for the uh, for the funny stuff that happens kind of in ordinary life like you mentioned um street humor, uh, which is something I've noticed just people do. um it happens it's mainly grown-ups and they've got like three yeah. jokes. And they always do them. So if, uh, if, if if someone notices someone carrying some flowers, they'll go, oh, you shouldn't have. And everyone has to laugh a lot. Or you'll walk past someone and they're mowing their lawn and you have to go, you can do mine next. And everyone laughs. laughs. And so it's um, I like those little things that, that kind of, um, well, that happen in everyday life and, and happen on the average street, but which still makes that street a great place to be and special in its own way.
1: I won't lie though. I have found myself saying, "Oh, you shouldn't have," when somebody else got flowers, and I was oh, like, yeah. "I hate myself." Yeah,
2: well, that no, just means you're good at street humour. That's all. That's all that means. If you see someone trip, you've got to go uh, enjoy your trip. Or if it's raining, you have to go. Nice weather for ducks.
1: Oh god, it's so true. And the, the send us a postcard from the trip. That's yeah. always that's always a classic. <laughs> yeah. um, when you were a kid, or when you were grown up, what is the luckiest thing that's ever happened to you?
2: My mum will never ever let me forget the day i was in western supermare and there was um you know arcades and there was like um um dodgems and things like that and there was something stuck to the bottom of my shoe and i couldn't get rid of it i thought it was chewing gum and i was like oh no and then i looked and it was a five pound note and that was my afternoon sorted i couldn't see anyone who'd lost it there was no one around so i just thought well maybe i should um I'll put this to good use. And so that was Dodgems and Candy Floss and a couple of (laughs) arcades. And my mum still goes on about it now, like 35 years later.
1: Yeah, because the ending of every good story is always, and then I found a fiver, and it literally happened to you.
2: Oh, there's nothing better than thinking, that you've got chewing gum or something on the bottom of your foot, thinking, oh, well, this is going to be a bad day. Looking, it's a fiver. Pretty good. That's a copy of the Beano and some sweets.
1: I love that you immediately like that is going on food, that is going on things to play with, that is going on toys. That's going on right now. As it should do. Yeah. And I I also love that your mum didn't stop you. She wasn't like, oh, maybe save it for something. She's like, Yeah, fine. Just go off and do it.
2: Absolutely. It was it was pennies from heaven.
1: You also had uh, you've got an amazing illustrator for your yeah. last two books um, and it's I want to say Correll is it Gemma Correll or Coral?
2: I've always said Gemma Coral, but um, right, we okay, could say good. we could give her a double barrel name and call her Gemma Coral Correll, and that oh, way we're do. completely right. And she sounds very posh. Uh, she is fantastic, and she has been able to. One of the great things when you've written a book is when you work with an illustrator um, and they then put their own spin on things and they find little jokes that maybe you hadn't spotted or warmth or they're able to you know just create that world or extend it a bit and give you new ideas as well so she's really done that in the luckiest kid in the world and and they're simple drawings with loads of heart
1: I have to say the vibe of your words and her drawings reminded me very much of Jacqueline Wilson and Nick Sharratt oh good It seems like a really good combination like a really lovely kind of just you bring out the best in each other I would say
2: oh well I'm a big fan of hers and and um, it's always exciting when you when you get them back for the first time and and you see and also when you read the book to someone and I've always noticed like I remember when I was a kid and someone would read a book to me um I would always stare at the illustration and wait for it to be explained in 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 the words and I have that now when I read these books to my daughter and I can see she's just staring at the illustration and waiting for it to make sense and then when it all comes together and there's that moment it's just great so yeah her, her illustrations are fantastic oh, I
1: love that I do know that vibe entirely of like you're saving it all so you can like appreciate it together like make the most of it yeah Yeah, totally get that
2: exactly yeah and
1: do you have any more books on the go Danny I feel like you've always got something happening tell me You, you must have something
2: I do I do I'm about halfway through the next one um so that will that will come out next year and um and I think Gemma's gonna um illustrate that one as well I think um so yeah so that will be with you soon but um the luckiest kid in the world i'm 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 very happy with this it feels it feels like a really good fun one and um one that i think uh, or i hope um kids will start to imagine what they would do in that situation
1: oh they definitely will it's also just a really funny book danny it's just a really fun funny like laugh out loud book which is a difficult thing to get right i think
2: i always remember the first time i mean you know reading as a kid when i realized that these just words printed on a page could just make you laugh out loud and um i remember that feeling and um and yeah and that's what i really hope uh happens with with, with this book that the parents can hear their kids in a different room laughing or that kids laugh and then want to go and tell their parents what they've just read um yeah i mean that's magic isn't it,
1: it or maybe the parents are reading that on their own separately and the kids are like what are you reading <laughs> what are you doing yeah
2: let's 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 hope so and then the kid can explain what the book means to the parent because parents are sometimes a little slower
1: a, li- a little bit dense uh well danny yeah. thank you so much for telling us about the luckiest kid in the world and it's out right now so everybody needs to go and grab as many copies as possible right
2: yeah well i mean you know i'd be happy if there's one each but yeah you, you can have more than one if you like
1: yeah well you know one on that hand one another on hand it's fine don't worry about it <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, yeah. and uh, we'll speak to you next year i guess if not before danny for the next book
0: Hello, everyone. I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere? It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!
1: Thank you so much to Danny Wallace. I love him so much. He can do no wrong in my eyes. Uh, now on Fun Kids, we have another podcast. It is StoryQuest. And in StoryQuest, every week, there is a brand new story written especially for us and read out by a Fun Kids presenter. So we thought we'd show you a little bit about what you can find in the podcast by giving you one of
3: the stories from it right now. King of the Woods. Badger lived alone in the woods and tended his garden. It was a nice garden around a cosy burrow and his life was okay. But truth be told, he was, well, a little bit lonely. He was the only badger in the woods and often felt a bit grumpy about his state of affairs. There were whole families of rabbits, pairs of magpies and gangs of foxes. They all had each other for company, but with whom to play? No one came to play with him. No matter how long he waited and peered out of the burrow, he'd sit and wait and wait and wait for something to happen, for someone to call around, but no one ever did. He spent most of the days and nights alone, which gave him a lot of time to think. Now, thinking time is an excellent thing. Having space to let your imagination roam can help you come up with all manner of great ideas. However, having too much time to think about things can make you go around in circles and come up with ideas that are, well less than great this is what happened to badger one chilly autumn week he had slept for a very long time and had a wonderful dream about a king who was loved by all his subjects who bowed down to him and had to do what he said and played with him if he wanted some company when he woke up he had what he thought was a brilliant idea i shall be king of the woods then everyone will have time to play with me He made himself a cloak of bark and a crown of laurel leaves and decided that there was no time to lose in making sure everyone heard the news. Badger swished his cloak around himself and decided to take a tour of his kingdom whether the animals liked it or not. He paraded past the fox's burrow. Come on out one and all, bow before your king, he yelled. The foxes were too busy to keep up with current events and so thought maybe there had always been a king and so quickly lined up and bowed deeply. This made Badger feel very important. He paraded to where the squirrels nested in the high oaks and called up, Subject squirrels, come out and bow before your king. The squirrels peered at one another and scampered down to bow. It never paid to annoy a badger, especially one who was, well, apparently king? Who knew? Badger's heart swelled and he felt happy that he'd instantly made so many new friends. Well, uh, not exactly friends. They were technically subjects, he supposed. Was there a difference? Over the days that followed, he had the animals running around left, right and centre doing errands for him and helping him in his garden. He made the foxes play tag, insisting that they always let him win. After all, winning was the best feeling, wasn't it? He swanned around in his cloak and crown, not doing very much, but feeling very important. He noticed that the rabbits in the nearby courts didn't seem to be particularly impressed with what was going on. And come to think of it, they hadn't bowed down to him, not even once. He decided to march over to put this right. Rabbits, I proclaim myself king of the woods and you all have to do what I say. Bow before your king immediately. Lacking courtiers at this point, he was obliged to blow his own fanfare with his own trumpet, fashioned from a hollowed out stick. Toot He vowed to work on a better trumpet when he had a moment. The rabbits nearby looked quizzically at each other. Rabbits are a lot more savvy than you probably realise, and much to his surprise, they didn't instantly fall into low bows like the others. King of the woods, is that a thing? whispered the largest rabbit to her sister. I don't remember us having a king before. Well, I can't say I remember one either, but we rabbits aren't very old. Maybe we should ask Brown Bear. He's been in the woods longer than anyone. <clears throat> shouted badger if thee dost not bow I shall throw thee into thy forest jail ignoring the very frustrated looking badger they hopped over to the bear's lair which was a dark cave in a shady corner of the woods They approached somewhat nervously, it has to be said. After all, he was very large and bunnies were not. And they might look a little bit like a delicious snack if he was hungry. Um, excuse me, brown bear, can we have a word? They called into the cave. A voice came booming back in the echoey black of the opening. What is it? I'm trying to hibernate. Always some infernal interruption, he grumbled. It'll only take a minute, implored the bunnies, edging closer to the cave's entrance. There was a pause. And then a large sigh. And then the padding of large paws and brown bear appeared. He was not looking best pleased, and so the rabbits tried to be quick. "'We wondered if there was such a thing as king of the woods. "'Badgers decided he's the king and wants us all to bow to him "'and we're not really sure what to do. "'After all, you don't want to upset a king now, do you?' "'Brown Bear squinted at them and then began to laugh. "'He laughed so hard he rolled on his back, "'clutching his stomach with his enormous paws, gasping for air. "'Eventually he stopped and wiped the tears from his eyes.' Oh, and what on earth made you believe what he said. The bunnies looked at each other. He's a a bit bigger than us and more cleverer. I doubt that, observed Brown Bear. And in any case, even if someone is bigger and more clever, it doesn't mean they get to do anything they want. And he's a bit scary too. He said he'd lock us in the forest jail if we didn't do as he said. Forest jail? Forest jail? Why, the poor fellow must have lost his mind. There's no such place, and there's no such thing as the king of the woods either. Never has been, never will be. We're an ecosystem. We all have our place, and no one is more important than anyone else. The rabbits looked astonished and a little bit relieved. Could you have a word with him? The largest rabbit said pleadingly. He's really beginning to get on everyone's nerves with the whole thing. Brown Bear lumbered over to Badger's Lair where he was perched on a throne of maple branches. The foxes and squirrels had got bored and wandered off. Rumours had begun to circulate that there was no such thing as King of the Woods and they didn't much like having to do a whole lot of errands for someone else. Who would? Um, Come forth, ye venerable brown bear, and kneel before your king, said Badger grandly. Why are you talking like that, brown bear said, distinctly not kneeling. Bear's knees don't really bend that way without a lot of fuss, and he wouldn't even if they did. And who made you king? I did, so there. And how's the whole thing working for you? Badger looked at Brown Bear suspiciously. What do you mean? He said, shoving his crown of laurel leaves up. It was getting in his eyes. You can't be a king without subjects, Bear indicated the empty garden. The squirrels and foxes had long since scampered back to their homes. And you can't be king just because you say you are. Come on, old fellow. See sense. Badger's shoulders slumped. But as king, people have to play with me and do what I say. No one did before. I was... I was lonely. Bear felt a bit sorry for Badger and put a paw on his shoulder. You don't need to be a king to make friends. In fact, kings often have a great deal of trouble making friends, so I hear. At least good ones. Just be yourself. Let people get to know the real you badger had a good think and realized that it had been rather silly much as he wanted to be king of the woods surveying the empty garden he began to realize that no one else particularly wanted that and so he was when it came down to it playing on his own once more so badger put his cloak and crown away he invited all the animals into his garden for a bonfire feast to say sorry with the fire made from the branches of the maple throne He'd never invited anyone into his garden, just his friends, preferring to sit and mope and wait for something to happen. It turned into the most marvellous party that would be talked about for years to come. And do you know something else marvellous happened? By opening his garden and his heart to the animals, he began to make friends. Real friends. Not people to boss around or order to bow. The squirrels brought delicious acorns just because they thought he might like them and the foxes challenged him to a game of tag. He could tell they were friends and not subjects because they didn't let him win. Well, not always. And whether he won or lost, well it felt good, much better than it ever had when he was king of the woods. Who knew?
1: See? A brand new story that you've never heard before, especially for you, on the Story Quest podcast. You can find it wherever it is you get your podcast from. Maybe you want a story to listen to in the car, or perhaps before you go to sleep at night, go and check it out. Now, before I go, I've got to tell you about some big books that are coming out at the moment. Uh, Dick Kingsmith, you know, the legendary Dick Kingsmith, and Josie Rogers have a kind of collaboration. It's called Ambrose Follows His Nose. Now, follow the adventures of the extraordinary Ambrose in this newly discovered story from the author of The Sheep Pig Dick Kingsmith Uh, it's completed by his great granddaughter Josie Rogers who's kind of taken it over there's also uh, Rainbow Grey Eye of the Storm by Laura Ellen Anderson I've interviewed her a few times on Fun Kids she created the best selling Amelia Fang series and in this new book you've got ten year old Ray who is learning to master her magic but Things keep going wrong, so everyone thinks it's Ray's fault when all of the cloud creatures in the Weatherlands start to disappear. Can she get to the bottom of the mystery before the cloud magic is lost forever? go and check out Rainbow Grey Eye of the Storm from Laura Ellen Anderson. It looks like it is a beautiful book. Uh, That's pretty much it for Bookworms this week. Thank you so much if you've listened, downloaded it, uh, tell your friends about it. Go subscribe, like, follow it wherever it is you get your podcasts and we'll be back super soon with loads more authors and loads more stories. See ya!
0: Happy reading!